My name is Erin Weideman, and you are listening to Heroes for Her. This series features candid conversations with real women who strive to balance their professional acumen with their personal values. Join me as I interview positive female role models who are working hard, loving others, and inspiring the next generation of girls to serve their unique purpose. Hi, everybody. Welcome to today's episode of Heroes for Her. My guest today is Monica Zuniga. She is the founder of We Are Unveiled, a ministry whose sole mission is to remove the veil for all women by creating a space for them to feel seen, known, and understood. They do this by capturing authentic stories of women all over the world and sharing them through a variety of outlets. Monica is a native of Dallas, Texas, where she grew up with her mom, dad, older sister, and younger brother. It is a pleasure to have her on the show today. Monica, welcome to Heroes for Her. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to chat with you today. We are too. So how much pride in the state of Texas do you personally have? (laughs) I am that rare Texan. And if any Texas natives are listening, they're going to hate me, but I'm not obsessed with Texas like everyone else is, but I'm here. I've had the opportunity to live a lot of other places and I love the state of Texas mostly because I'm a family girl and I want to be close to them. So, but anyone else you meet here, they are obsessed with themselves and the state of Texas for sure. So we know enough people from Texas or who moved there who like adopted that, that way of thinking, but yeah, yeah. The the heart of Texas is alive and well in the middle of the country. Um, I know you've traveled a lot and I want to get into just a couple of fun facts. If, and, and if this is your first interaction with we are unveiled and Monica um, for the first time. So Monica, you spent a year in Hong Kong from 2008 to 2009. You were a missionary there and it was during your, um, your undergraduate studies at Dallas Baptist university. Mm-hmm. So working as a missionary and, and traveling, like how did, how did that season of life affect you just from a person, you know, on a personal level, like you're in college or in your, 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 you know, you're pretty, you're right out of high school. So you're, yeah. you're kind of out on your own, doing your own thing for the first time. You're traveling to, I mean, around the globe. What did that that do for for you in in your development and the way you see the world? Like, how did that affect you? It completely transformed my life in every possible way. I've been in Dallas for about almost 10 years now, but I grew up in a really small town outside of Amarillo, Texas, and I had never traveled outside of the U.S. up until that point. And so at 20 years old, my parents allowed me to move across the pond and spend a little over a year in Hong Kong. And I traveled all over Asia by myself and other countries as well. And so seeing the world um, primarily, it helped me realize that the faith I had in Jesus and the faith that I had grown up in was a faith that I had adopted by my parents because walking through the streets of Hong Kong, you'll pass a temple and you'll see people worshiping. I would walk to my bus stop and see people burning actual money. They would burn money at part of their religion to send money to their dead ancestors. And I would also run into Jehovah's Witnesses uh, on the street, you know, telling you about their faith. And so it was the first time I was outside of this Christian bubble. I'm also going to Dallas Baptist University where everyone was Christian. And my eyes were just open to different cultures, um, different upbringings. And it was a season where I just every day woke up and said, God, if you're real, I need you to show it to me because my faith was challenged every day. And so my time there was so formative um, when it comes to my faith in Christ, For first and foremost. And then um, secondly, just 
realizing that I couldn't depend on dad for everything, you know, like hitting that age of dad isn't here and he can't come save me. Um, I'm thousands of miles away. And so I think primarily those two things, just really growing up, seeing the world, realizing that I had put a lot of value and treasure and things that weren't important important and um, feeling the way of really sharing the gospel by interacting with people who were very educated and had different beliefs. And just, it was a time where I really learned so much about who God is and the history of our faith and just really the case for Christ to be short, you know, and figuring out, do I really believe this? Why do I believe it? And how am how is it going to impact my life moving forward? And so I love traveling. I've traveled a lot since then too. And I love seeing the world and I believe it's so important. Um, and I encourage a lot of the women I mentor, if they have the opportunity to move overseas, one of the girls I mentor is actually living in North Africa for the whole summer. And I was so excited for her to just change her perspective and to get out of Texas and to see the world because it really impacts everything about you and really your view on God, the world and, and moving forward, what you want to do with your life. So that's my next question too. So you have this experience, you know, traveling and seeing the world and seeing all these different cultures and, and ways of worship and everything, right? You move back, you know, you graduate, you finish out your degree and you enter the workforce and you go into the corporate world. And how did, can you walk us through just the next couple of years? Like I know obviously your travels and the things that you experienced opened your eyes, but how did that affect mm-hmm. the next few years post-graduation and just when you entered into the workforce? Totally. I, um, I'll be totally blunt coming back. Transitioning was really difficult for me. I was overseas for about a year and four months. And then I came back to a Christian bubble and a lot of people my age hadn't lived overseas. They hadn't seen the things I had seen. I had traveled to really dark places and, and poor countries. And I had just seen so much that when I came back to the States, I really was, discouraged. Um, um, and at the time the book radical had also just come out and I think everyone read that book by David Platt. And I just felt really alone to be quite honest. And so I had always planned to do something in ministry, but at the time I was like, I've graduated from college. I was working full-time at my university. They were gracious enough to offer me a full-time position. And I was actually pursuing my master's and I just, kind of was like, I want to get, I want to broaden my perspective more. That was really my motive. I was like, I don't want to be in this Christian bubble. I was so used to being out of it. And so I just decided I'm going to enter the corporate workforce and I'm going to see what I, what happens. And I'm a super competitive individual. I, I, um, I ran cross country and track in college. That's I on scholarship at Dallas Baptist. That's why I came to Dallas. And I have every competitive bone in my body, <laughs> like it's there. And oh, so I hear you girl. I'm the same way. So <laughs> I, I try to suppress it, but it's crazy. Yeah. Like I wish I are. could. And I'm like, <laughs> I can't even just enjoy working out with friends because I'm a psycho <laughs> in my mind. You know, I want to beat them at everything. Um, so, so when I entered the corporate world, I, I landed a job as a corporate recruiter, knew nothing about the industry, very quickly realized it was like cutthroat. Everything you hear about the corporate world. It was sink or swim. If I didn't perform, I was going to be fired. And I was like, I'm about to be the top performer. And so my time in the corporate world was so, at the time, I think I was so focused on being the best and being number one in the company that that was like my sole focus. And for the three years that I worked in the corporate world, by the time I was 25, I was making six figures. I was one of our number one recruiters. I knew what I was doing really well and I had a handle on it, but it really 
it really changed me in a negative way, I would say, because I got so consumed with being number one um, and making all the right moves and and building this kind of career that I lost sight of really who I was and I compromised some things. Um, and early on, I was a lot more aware of having like a good image and representing Christ in the workplace. But then I got so caught up with winning and being number one in that competitive nature in me that I, I let go of some of those intrinsic morals and values. But looking back, I'm so grateful. I mean, God obviously redeems everything and he's, he was there the whole time, but I'm so grateful for the three years that I had in the corporate world because I learned so many basic and fundamental principles that I wouldn't have been able to apply to what I'm doing now with in ministry and in the nonprofit world. And I'm so grateful for the people that I met and the experiences that I had, um, despite the fact that I definitely was all about winning and being number one, you know, I think that I can now look back and see, you know, hindsight's 2020 and I wouldn't have traded that experience for the world because it's helped me maintain a level of excellence that I don't think I would have had otherwise without that. Absolutely. So kind of fast tracking forward, you know, you're in the corporate mm-hmm. job for a couple of years, you're, you're wildly successful. Um, November 2013, you helped launch a nonprofit called the Initiative Network. Mm-hmm. And, and you say, I mean, you said in interviews and just in your bio that that was just, just the spark, that season of, of launching Initiative Network that mm-hmm. fueled your passion for working in full-time ministry. So what was it about that work that ignited that fire in you? Um, honestly, I think it was, it sparked my passion for full-time ministry and it really ignited a passion for millennials. Um, the initiative network exists to create um, disciples um, and millennials have this stigma that we're lazy, that, you know, we um, are entitled, that we um, just don't care, don't want to, don't want to be a part of the church. You know, every, all millennials are leaving the church. I'm sure you've heard all of those statistics and all of that. And so this ministry really existed to take what was positive about millennials and propel them into the right uh, mentorship relationships and connect them with the right individuals so that they could channel a lot of that energy in a positive way. And so um, I, in that role that I did there, um, I was co-founder and I was the the vice president for them. And so I led a team of 30 volunteers and a lot of my leadership experience I gained there, it was the first opportunity I had to even lead people, you know, and I, all these gifts and all of this, this stuff inside of me started to come out. And I was like, wow, I love this. I love leading people. I love empowering people. I love helping people. And it was just cool to see something come to life. That was your baby, you know, for the first time. And so that ministry now is wildly successful grants. Skeldon is the founder of that and a friend of mine, and they're doing amazing. And he's just been able to speak all over the world about just empowering millennials and what it looks like to disciple them. And so being a part of that initial phase was really key and fundamental to where I am today. And I learned so much. You know, we failed forward. We were young. Um, it was a young group of us leading that ministry. And similarly, my team's young now, but I learned so much from that experience. And it really made me kind of wake up and realize like, this is what I'm made to do. And I don't need to continue staying in the corporate world. I need to pursue what God has given me gifts in. Well, I love that so much too. And, and even as I work through the timeline, so November 2013, Initiative Network, and then not even a year later, the Lord gave you the vision for We Are Unveiled, August 2014. So mm-hmm. initially when you had just, just God put something on your heart, what were you setting out to do, you know, just in that season of, of having the idea? 
Honestly, I didn't want to do it. I'll be honest. <laughs> I was like, no, thank you, Lord. Um, because leading people is really hard. And I had an amazing experience at initiative. But when I left, I was really kind of burnt out. And I was like, I don't know what's next for me. I don't know if I want to lead people. I I never was the girl that liked being in the spotlight. I mean, people that know me from that season, they always joke like, oh, we knew Monica had the clipboard and she was walking around and bossing people <laughs> around, like telling them what to do. And I was behind the scenes and I loved seeing, you know, Grant on stage and other people talking, but it wasn't something that I, I didn't crave that attention or that spotlight. And so I knew when God spoke to me and said, you know, share my daughter's stories. I knew that would involve propelling me to some sort of spotlight. So I was extremely hesitant to do that and to be a part of it. And I was like, I'm not about to build something again. It's so much work. I was more interested in joining an existing nonprofit or an organization that I could help build and really bring in my expertise and my knowledge and really propel them to go further. But um, when God, I'm sure you can relate to this, when God speaks something to you and it's of him, you can't ignore it. It's like at, around every corner, there it is, you know, in your face. And so um, when we started, I, I just said, okay, if I'm going to do this, I don't really want to do it, but I, I told the Lord that I would be obedient to whatever He asked me to do. And that's kind of been the theme of my life, just to say yes, even when it's hard, even when it's difficult, even when the unknown is in front of you. And so I just began to really seek Him. And it sounds so cliche, but I kept a journal by my bedside table where I would write things that I felt He was telling me, and I would pray on things. And when I started to build a team of women that we put together, I would tell them, all the time. And it's still a key value of our organization, which is we're not going to move unless God says to move. You know, we're going to pray about everything that we do. And when we get confirmation from multiple people, then we'll take that next step. And so all I knew in the beginning was God wants me to share authentic stories and create a safe place for women to be heard. And, and the reason why I knew that was so true was because through initiative, right before I left, I had several speaking opportunities. People were asking me to speak, even though I didn't want to speak. And I had spoke at a conference, a singles conference in Dallas of a little over 700 young adults. And I shared a bit of my personal journey of letting go of shame and guilt from your past. And I just saw the transformation in my own life from sharing, but the effect it had on people who were listening to my story and the freedom that they experienced. And so I knew that was right after God had told me to start We Are In Build. And so I knew there would be so much power and so much freedom unlocked from sharing stories. And from there, it's just been a journey of listening to the Lord and trying to be strategic and making the right decisions and setting up the right hypothesis. And just, it's been a cool journey to see it transform as our audience has grown as well. Well, I love, I love that too. And even as somebody on the outside and watching it grow over the last couple of years. So the focus is capturing stories and you want to give women a platform and, mm -hmm. and give them, you know, make a, a safe place for them, not just to connect and grow, but actually be discipled. Mm -hmm. So what are, what are some ways that you see that sort of playing out in the ways that you're bringing women together into this community? Totally. So we, um, We've actually been working a lot with more churches recently, which has been super exciting and super um, just awesome. We've had a lot of church support from the beginning, but we've actually been able to sit down and strategize with different churches on ways to help them. And so a main way that we offer discipleship is through um, 
events with churches and events um, like conferences as well. And so we recently did an, ev- an event with a church here in Dallas um, at the end of May. And this event, we offered an opportunity for women to find mentors. And we have an entire mentorship program that we developed early on in our ministry. Uh, my recruiting background went heavily into that and how to identify people to match well together. And so we've resourced that church with those right resources and we've trained their staff and they are taking off with that to identify women in their church to be mentored, you know, an older woman with a younger woman. So that's like a huge, huge one. That's an ideal way that we can serve people. Uh, beyond that, our blog is a way that we disciple women as well. On our blog, we uh, post different stories and we highlight different individuals. But at the end of every blog, we offer a free take-home resource for women. And so it's it's questions, it's activities, it's um, a tools for them to help empower them to walk through their own journey and their own story. Uh, we, you know, obviously have launched my story and a resource that we provided for discipleship was a magazine that's interactive, which allows readers to read in depth my journey, but also they are given questions and pages within the magazine to process their own journey and their own story. And we've had so many testimonies from that. And then we launched um, a a devotional as well. It's a 24-day devotional, which parallels 12 strong women in the Bible and their stories with 12 modern day women today and their stories. And it, it allows the reader to kind of read the story of someone like Ruth in the Bible and then read the story of a, of a girl that is around their age who has gone through a similar journey and, and then gives them opportunity to process with questions and things of that nature. And so these are just a few of the ways uh, that we're doing that. It's, we're, we're figuring out ways to narrow that focus and to really reach our audience more. But we truly believe that you know, every connection point and every opportunity that we have, we want to do the best that we can to offer free resources and tools and products and engaging with, with churches to really just empower them and propel them to, to take that step towards discipleship themselves. And um, yeah, so that's kind of like in a nutshell, there's a lot of different ways, but we're strategic behind what we do so that every woman that encounters our ministry has an opportunity to feel like they're empowered. And that empowership is a big part of our discipleship. Well, and I love that too, because, you know, as you explain it, right, and you're like, you're like giving the overview and there's so much, but isn't that the mm-hmm. journey of a woman, right? Like all of us, we yes. learn differently. We have different experiences. Things reach us in different ways and you almost do, you, you do have to think through mm-hmm. every resource possible. And in what way is it going to touch women's lives and actually, actually be a help in the, in the ministering and the discipleship of them. But um, totally. I love that so much. And even going back to the devotional for a second, like, and you know, the work we do at Bible Balls, right? And we, we highlight these biblical women, but on the flip side, it, it is about finding modern, you know, modern women living today that, that you can see, you, you can see the parallel between mm-hmm. scripture and what this woman experienced in the biblical sense in the here and now, here's why it applies to your life. And this is what's going to connect you as the reader, you as the woman experiencing mm-hmm. these stories, it's just something in your own life. That's really going to empower and change you. I love that so much. Totally. Yes. Mm-hmm. What's been, so as you've created these resources and built your team and just, you know, mm-hmm. the work that you're doing at, we are unveiled, it goes into a lot of different spheres of influence. What has been the most rewarding part of this work for you? Oh my gosh. Um, loaded question. I think for sure, um, leading my team in short, um, and seeing the transformation in their individual lives and being able to just see how, yeah, there are so many stories and so many people and 
people write in all the time and every day and they're talking about how our ministries impacted them or they message us on Instagram or whatever it may be. But I think personally for me, the biggest impact has been um, the first story we ever had written in was a girl named Tuian, and she um, was in college at the time and she wrote in her journey. And at the end of her story, she said, you know, I'm still healing. I don't think I fully healed from this experience. And then she wrote in and asked if she could intern. So she was my personal intern for about four months. And then she ended up joining our team. And now she's experience full freedom from the things that she's been through. And she's walking other people through healing as well and mentoring other women and seeing her transformation from start to finish. And we're all on that journey continually, but being able to be so up close to it. And she's, you know, said to me multiple times, you know, if you wouldn't have said yes to the Lord, I wouldn't be free today, you know? And that is just so impactful in and of itself, you know, to just have a physical, tangible representation of that. And so I think God has just been really sweet and kind. I'm accountable for how I love them. I'm accountable for how I empower them and how I propel them into their God-given destinies, whether they're here serving for four years or serving for six months. And so I... I know that God is using them to build our platform and to build our audience. But I think the biggest impact for me has just been loving on these girls and empowering them and seeing the freedom in their own lives by coming a part of this ministry and being under the leadership that our amazing staff has. Well, there's no question that God's working through this. And even in such a short time, I mean, you've grown and expanded just by leaps and bounds in such a short amount of time. So what is on the horizon for We Are Unveiled? What projects are you guys currently working on? Well, we are so pumped. Um, Our next story is going to be releasing in the fall. And with that story, we're actually releasing a six-part video teaching. And so our next story is all about um, a woman on our team who didn't have a father growing up. And he was um, a drug addict and not present and was abusive. And so she shares her journey and her beautiful story of identifying God as her father and really going through this journey of At the end of it, she's really fully free and really has fulfillment in God being the father that she never had as an earthly father. And so we are putting together a six-part video teaching on the characteristics of God and who He is as a father. And uh, that resource will be made available right after you watch her story. And so we're super pumped about that. And we're going to be doing that with all of our future stories. And then we'll be sharing... um, probably early next year in 2018, a story that we've already recorded as well of a married couple and their journey through infidelity and redemption and multiple miscarriages and just so many things that were hard in their marriage and how God fully restored that. And we'll be putting together a video package as well with other married couples talking about their journeys and ups and downs and really how to find healing through that. And so I think this will be a huge step for our ministry, something that God's really put on our heart and and our board and a lot of our mentors have really advised us to go this route. And I think it'll be a great tool for us to not only disciple people, but to help them process through similar journeys that they might be facing. So we're super excited about that. So good, Monica. I, even as I hear you explain it, like that's, that's a message for adult women, but just the younger women that, and the next generation that are coming up behind us, like what a, what a path to pave for them in terms of authentic storytelling. Here's my real situation. And this Mm -hmm. is how God can pull you through and completely restore and redeem 
any situation. That's so amazing. Yes, absolutely. Love it. So, so this is the time of the episode where we're finished. See how fast yeah, it goes. I know so fast. So we do something at the end of each episode, and uh, it's three rapid fire questions. We call it the scoop. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. I'm ready. Okay. First question. Obviously, heroes for her. It's our mm-hmm. podcast. We love highlighting real heroes. When you were a little girl, who was your hero? I have to say my mom, and she still is. You know. <laughs> Second question, what is a piece of advice you've received that's impacted your life in a powerful way? It's one that I recently received and I keep meditating on it. I spoke at Sparrow Conference this past year and we were in the green room and I had my mentor with me and Kat Armstrong was there and she's the leader of Polished um, Dallas, which is a great ministry as well if you ladies want to check it out. But we were asking her, you know, how did you build this amazingly successful ministry? And she said... Um, At the time when we launched, which was nine years ago, she said, there were so many ministries launching, so many women doing similar things. And she said, and we just didn't give up. We just kept going, you know? And she said, we persevered. We kept having events. And nine years later, here we are, you know, blowing up, super successful. And so she said, just don't give up, you know, as much as you get tired or you feel like it's not working, perseverance really pays off. And so those words have just echoed so much in my mind and heart lately. And so I've just been uh, really grateful for her wisdom on that. Last question. If you could have a secret superpower, what would it be? Oh, girl, I would like travel anywhere in a second. You know, I hate driving. <laughs> I just snap my fingers and be somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I want to be like the TV on that TV show, the old one. Uh, I want to be her. You know, I just want to like transport in a second because I hate driving and I drove so much. So that's what you have to sure. drive all around for just across the country. Yeah, I drive a lot. I drive. I drove this morning to Plano, 35 minutes away. This afternoon, I have two meetings in Fort Worth, and those are 35 minutes away. Thankfully, I'm central, so I never drive more than about 35 minutes to get anywhere. But my weeks consist of a lot of different meetings or networking events and and different things. So I drive a ton. Dallas-Fort Worth is busy. Just got to love being in your car, though. You know, set up your car situation so it's not so bad being in it so long. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Love it. Um, as we wrap up, Monica, will you just let people know the best place they can uh, find out more about you and what We Are Unveiled is doing, what you guys have coming up? Absolutely. You can follow us. All of our social media is at We Are Unveiled. Um, if you want to tune in and check out any other stories or, or use our hashtag, a lot of people do. It's hashtag We Are Unveiled. Our website, weareunveiled.com, where you can subscribe for all updates and get first dibs on all the amazing things that are going on. So that's the best way. Sounds good, Monica. It's been so great talking to you. You too. Thanks for your time, Erin. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoyed our conversation, please be sure to rate and review us on iTunes. If you have any questions, thoughts about the episode or ideas about how we can come together and support our girls, we would absolutely love to hear from you. You can email us at hello at biblebells.com. Just let's